Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in March and April, so you could smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Por Laranaga Monte Carlos, H. Upman Connoisseur No. 2, Monte Cristos Especialis No. 2, San Cristobal de la Habana El Principe, H. Upman Half Corona, and for our conversation with Cohiba Production Manager, Danilo Rodriguez-Portal, Cohiba Bihike 54. And for New Worlds, we've got Foundation the Tabernacle in Lancero, Padilla Candela in Robusto, Davidoff Late Hour in Robusto, Aging Room Quattro Nicaragua Sonata in Maestro, and the Davidoff Winston Churchill in Bellicoso, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards Podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo, and tonight I'm joined by Rooster, Puba, Senator Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some cognac, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 46th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a Cuban cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We discuss how young cigars can preview future potential, we chat about Monte Cristo's inconsistency, and we explore how our mindset can affect a cigar, and how a cigar can affect our mindset, all among a variety of other things for the next hour. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair Croiset VS Cognac with the Monte Cristo number one. Our first Cuban Lonsdale on the pod tonight, boys. The Monte Cristo number one. A beautiful 42 ring gauge by six and a half inch cigar. I really love how this cigar feels in your hand. I love it. It's, it's an awesome shape. It's the perfect shape, I think. Yes. I think Lonsdale is the perfect shape. I really do. I know a lot of guys prefer bigger ring gauge cigars. Mm. I am not one of them. We're gravitating away from that, I think. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, the market isn't. Mm-hmm. They're gravitating towards bigger cigars, but these are going the way of the dodo. But this is one of the good ones that are left. Oh, yeah. The wrapper smells fantastic. Really? Very aromatic. Oh, it does. Doesn't it? It smells very good, yeah. 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 Hmm. It does smell good. It's a handsome. I mean, the, uh, if, this, if this looks as... It smokes as nice as it looks. Yeah, I think this is... A fantastic first cigar of the day. Like as as a first cigar of the day, this is this that's perfectly fits in my rotation in that slot. I've only had this once before, and you gave me my first one. Really? Yeah. Never hmm. had this until you gave me one. Very yeah. very classic. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Sophisticated looking cigar. All right, boys, let's cut this thing. See what we're getting on the cold draw. I see Senator's got the uh, perfect draw out. Some resistance. It's, it's open, but... I'm the same. Just a little bit of resistance on it. Not, definitely not wide open. Mine's pretty wide open. Yeah, not, not much on the, on, the, on the draw. No, it's very mild. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit of chocolate. Yeah, like some light cocoa. Yeah. It's about it. A little bit of tobacco. All right, boys, let's light this thing. The Cuban Monte Cristo number one, part of the classic Monte Cristo line. Again, it's 42 ring gauge by six and a half inches. Gizmo, what are these costs per stick? 
And that's a relative question, I understand. But yeah. With what's going on? I, I think right now these are between 13 and 16. Okay. Um, they're, on the, they're on the lighter end of cost. And, and the reason why I wanted to do them tonight, uh, not only because I love them, but they're, very, they're, they're fairly easy to find. The smoke coming off of this I is, love is fantastic. It smells great. Before taking a draw, very good. Yeah. Oh. So, so these sticks in Canada, they're about $35. Wow. 35 Canadian. That's unfair. Yeah. That's obscene. That's pornographic. Mm. A piece of pizza is probably $30 in Canada. I mean, their prices are ridiculous. <laughs> Healthcare is free. <laughs> <laughs> That's the offset. <laughs> Wonderful people. Mm. I mean, this is a delicious on the light, good right? Cigar on the light. It is. The thing I will say though is that I find that this is a, a little bit. It steps outside the, what I would think is the traditional flavor profile of Monte Cristo in that it doesn't have that kind of twangy thing that certainly the Monte Two does, and the Monte Four has a little bit. Like this, to me, is a little bit more of a breakfast, lunch type of cigar. That's where I would put this. Go ahead. I know where Senator's going. I was going to say, I mean, I, I agree in that the, the flavors are not as pronounced as the traditional Monty sticks we think of, a, a Monty 2, even a Monty 3 or 4. Um, but I do still think that the flavors themselves are present in this cigar in that I get a little bit of cocoa. I do get that saltiness that's a little twangy like you'd expect in a Monty. So I think to your point, they're not as um, pronounced. Pronounced mm -hmm. is exactly the word. They're not as pronounced as those other sticks, but I still think it's true to the brand. The saltiness for me is the most pronounced note that I'm getting right now. Agreed. And loving it. I'm getting a lot of that cocoa. Mm. There's a little bit of pepper. Too. I don't know if you get hint, that, but right. a hint of pepper. Not a lot, but a little bit. So far, man. Mine, mine, mine's performing wonderfully. Yeah, yeah mine too. Off the, off the start. So, and the construction is, uh, looks really nice. Good even burn. A little rustic on the construction. Toothy. Toothy, Actually, I guess is the word. I, I, I actually think the construction is, is, is really nice on this cigar. I mean, all of them, I, I would say you had gotten some of these, so I had gotten some through you. I mean, the seams are invisible. Um, I, I think overall it's actually very well constructed. It's a good looking It's handsome cigar. looking. I yeah. mean, you know, like you said, invisible seams, tight invisible seams. And it's, it, it looks real, really nice. Yeah, I, I say that because I, I truly would not call this rustic. Yeah, I took that back. I, what, what I'm, I just very meant toothy, smooth. I think, was a little bit yeah. more. There's a bit toothiness there. Mine's a little bit toothy. Uh, not mine. Yeah, but it's pretty pristine. The, I mean, wrap, the wrapper pristine. is very smooth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some, it's got a little bit of shimmer and sheen to yeah. it. It's a light-colored wrapper. Yeah. yeah. So, so Senator, you, yours was a little plugged. Right? Mine was, and for some strange reason, I mean, I have some of these, and I just experienced that recently this weekend. Now, thankfully, this time, uh, the Perfect Draws opened it up exactly as it should so i'm happy with the draw right now uh, but who knows could just be the box there it, it's yeah. funny because when you look at the foot it looked like it was i would not have draw issues but the end of it was just really tightly packed so it just need to be seems like up. pagoda did as well right? yeah i'm struggling oh yeah even with the perfect draw there's been nothing hmm. 
strange. You know, you run the risk, everyone, it's well known, you run the risk in these smaller ring gauge cigars uh, sometimes, particularly yep. in a Lonsdale, you can, you can run into a tight draw. But we've Sometimes also like with the petite mm -hmm. Corona, you can run into a you can into a tight draw. It's just I've had an issue with these once in a while. It does happen. But you also get that issue with Monty twos, right? There's some. There was some inconsistency. I the consistency issues for me with Monty twos have never been the construction. I've never had a plug Monty two. For me, mm. it's just been the flavors been inconsistent. I but see. I see. I've never had construction issues with a Monty okay. two. And what what is this? Twenty nineteen? Yeah, these these are twenty nineteen. Yeah. From uh, La Corona. Enjoyable. Yeah, delicious stuff. The salt is like very, is it, is it me or is this very salty? And yeah. yeah. Kind of tastes a little ocean like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel a little minerally and, right? Which a is a bit. lot of those Monty twanginess, I think you still get in this stick, which That's I right. really, really like. It's yeah. very forward though. Yeah. More, more pronounced, I feel like, a little bit, a little bit more pointed. Uh, in a good way, if you're in the mood for that. I'm not getting as much of that chocolate vibe, that typical Monty too. No, it's, it's not overly vibe. pronounced chocolate, but it, there's a hint of like milk chocolate. I'm getting quite a bit of chocolate on mine. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and it's less salt. Less twang, more. I kind of get it like more mid -draw. chocolate. I I'm, get it mid draw, a little coat. Very. I'm getting saltiness coat. for sure. Uh, yeah, there is, I, there is yeah. saltiness. That's forward. I, I, for sure. I'm with Rooster and Puba in that. For me, it's it, it starts really salty. You get those notes when you draw in the smoke, and I think on the finish is where I get a little bit of that cocoa, some milk chocolate, uh, but the salt is very and that minerality very very pronounced. Something's happening with this thing where I'm. Let me just keep going. Where I'm not, where I feel like I'm not enjoying it for some reason. Um, uh, this is weird, but I don't think it was something I ate before I came here or anything. But I mean, all I had was some crackers and like some cheese and crackers and stuff. But like, I'm getting like sort of like a. I don't want to say a chemical taste, but almost like what it would be like if I like, like had like just took mouthwash, like Listerine in my mouth and like put, like I'm getting like an odd. Ammonia type thing? No, I don't know. It's like a odd taste. I hope it goes away. Mm. Yeah. But something strange. Well, That's mine unsettling. is delicious. <laughs> mine too. <laughs> no, I love the flavor on mine. I have no concerns with the flavor. For me, it was just a draw. That was it. Right. So Pagoda's trying again. We'll see how he does. That's the thing about Cuba, man. Cuba being Cuba. Yeah. Well, I will say the cognac is delicious. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, spectacular. Honestly, I got to say. Is that better? Oh, way, way better. So, there Senator, what do we have here? What is this cognac? So, this is uh, Croizet uh, VS. So, we started, I guess, our cognac journey mm. with a VSOP. Uh, we then uh, quickly went straight to the top. <laughs> As and, uh, we do. <laughs> when As we, we do. We had the, uh, the Remy uh, XO. <laughs> and so I thought it was appropriate. We should really see the full range um, and have a, a VS. And we were at our, uh, I was at our clubhouse recently. And uh, one of the members there 
someone had gifted him a bottle of this and he also doesn't drink cognac very often. He took a sip and he said, wow, this is very, very whiskey-like. He really liked the flavor. So I had asked him to try a little bit. I thought it was actually pretty good, especially for the price point. It's a very affordable bottle. And um, so I thought it'd be fun for us to try our first uh, BS on the pod. And the brand actually has got a really fascinating story, which I was uh, just intrigued by as I was reading a little bit more about it. This is delicious. This is delicious. I love it. I, I don't know enough, I, I think, so yet about cognac to really compare or judge to the others that we've had, but it's right in line with, yeah. with, with where they're at. I mean, this is very, very good. Very tasty. How much is this a bottle? This is what you're not going to believe. Um, this, I think, retails at maybe 40. Wow. Get the hell out but, of here. But it gets even wilder. I think where I, I, they did not have this at Total Wine or some of the larger um, liquor stores that we shop at. So I had to go to a smaller place, uh, not that close. But I think I got this for like 35 a bottle, wow. which is insane. It's very good for did that Did you price. get it at uh, Bob's Deli around the corner? <laughs> I mean, that's insane. <laughs> not that kind of liquor store. <laughs> so tell us the uh, backstory of this thing. Yeah, so really fascinating. Um, Corizet is one of the oldest cognac companies. Uh, they were founded in 1805. So just as you know, lengthy a brand history as some of the better known names that we're familiar with, like Remy Martin, Corvassier, Hennessy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story of the guy who founded Corizet is fascinating in that. So in the late 1800s, uh, this is when sort of the cognac boom was starting. Um, in that early to late 1800s period, come the late 1800s, as of 1883, 80% of cognac vineyards have been ravaged by lice that were destroying the vines. Like lice? Some form of lice, yeah. Really? That were literally just destroying all the vines. They couldn't make any cognac out of it. It wasn't salvageable. It's Pretty like, hairy situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's God, goddamn laborers picking the grapes with the lice. They don't shower enough. <laughs> Unacceptable. (laughs) So funnily enough, a bunch of these French cognac vines became problematic because they were infested with lice. They couldn't do anything with it. And America at this time was starting to make cognac as well. And their vines were thriving and they were fine. So this guy had a really clever idea to try to figure out to get American vines, even though this was, they tried everything possible to avoid having to import American vines and, and sort of start over again. And, Finally, he did that and tried to find vines that would match the sort of climate and the environment of um, whichever of the champagne regions in, the, in within Cognac uh, fit the flavor profile of the brand. So after doing that, uh, the guy had figured out that by building stone walls around smaller plots, he could keep out the lice and the crop would have a better chance of thriving and surviving. So he did that. And uh, his efforts were so successful uh, that in 1883, he was awarded the highest honor in France, the world-famous Legion of Honor, by the um, French president to thank him for saving the entire industry. So a really cool brand story. Without this guy, I mean, cognac may not have existed in the way that it did. Amazing. Sounds like a brilliant farmer like uh, Don Alejandro Rabinho we talked about on the Unicos episode, Mm -hmm. who totally revolutionized Cuban farming for tobacco. Sounds like a very similar type of guy. And the other thing that was just funny to me, I mean, I had never heard of, of this brand before trying it at our clubhouse. 
Um, but they make some really, really high-end stuff. As of 2011, they held the record for um, the most expensive bottle of cognac ever sold. It was over 150000 for a wow. bottle. Um, I suspect that someone has beat it since 2011, but at the time, they, they held that. So they, they make some really high-end stuff. That's crazy. Is there, is there any American cognac? Uh, I mean, I think America's version of cognac is like cheap brandy. brandy yeah, yeah, brandy. Yeah. Because to call it cognac, it has to come yeah, it has to from, from that cognac. region. The region. Yeah. Exactly. But there must be like American brandies that are okay or something. There has to be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't are know. Are there? Is that even an I industry? Mean, the funny thing you say that, you know, every time I feel like it's hard to find cognac to do on the pod because there's, there's not the vast selection there is for whiskey or even tequila now. Mm. And the stuff I see, there's really not much in the brandy options that are all American are so limited. And I mean, it's like blackberry brandy. I mean, shit that we would never want to drink. Well, so, right? yeah. well yeah. I'd, I'd have that with my Philly Blunt tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking if you have a vineyard and you have and you wanted to make some small batch brandy or something that somebody would be doing it. Yeah, I think part of the you problem know? is, you know, we've talked about how cognac has kind of gone out of fashion. and I think needs a comeback. If you're any American distiller, you're probably sitting there saying, is it really worth investing all that time and money in a product that is such a tiny part of the US market right now? But you know, who knows where it's heading? I mean, I certainly hope after people listen to our, our pod, yeah. clearly there's merit in cognac. I think yeah. all yeah. three cognacs we've done so far, this one included, the reactions yeah. have been I positive. Was, I was Delicious. just gonna say that, like every single one of the cognacs you guys have had. They were great. They have been. Very you guys good. have like weight and pretty very, high. Very yeah. good, yeah. yeah. And the price point is not so bad. It's really no. not. Yeah. It's really not. It's almost like it needs like they need someone to come in who's like a marketing genius that's someone that's figured out how to revolutionize vodka perception of like the tequila. Yeah, you know? yeah, there you go. I know yeah. a guy. <laughs> I, I know a couple guys that can do that. <laughs> One of us has the market research cover and the other will handle all the branding and marketing. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We'll well. Yeah, maybe maybe there's somebody who could, a celebrity or a movie or some sort of quote unquote catalyst that would that would put put cognac back into the forefront. Some sort of a hero, you know, probably a I James think, Bond type. I don't know somebody. Mm. <laughs> um, I think maybe it's a misconception that a cognac is like an after dinner drink, maybe. Well, which is, I'm okay with that perception just because I think people also, many people view scotch as that and some True. of the other stuff we drink. I just think that the perception is that, you know, cognac is an old man's drink. That yeah, the modern man doesn't drink right. cognac. And I right. think that that's what people need to, I think that's what they need to really break and get people to see that. I mean, we, we all love this and, you know. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like whatever happened with the tequila boom needs to happen with cognac. Yes. So yes. And, and scotch is, yeah, exactly. And scotch is like, it, it the as a as a drink it's become a very masculine kind of it yeah. has that masculine feeling to it i'll have a scotch you know feel you know you order a cognac it's like oh you're ordering a cognac <laughs> grandpa you know what i mean you're like it's like well where's you your know, beret yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you know so where's your beret? Where's your beret? <laughs> like, like yeah, Rusty. Like, <laughs> Rusty from from a uh, European vacation right. with his beret. I'm gonna talk Stripe about Rusty, Rusty Staub. Rusty Staub. Rusty Staub. 
I do find this cognac to be lighter of the other cognacs that we that we've had. And that's not a negative. This is really quite smooth and delicious, as it should be. So, yeah. sort of just like with single malts that you expect with, and, and even tequilas with years more of uh, to age, they uh, get more structure, more body, more viscosity. Yeah. Um, this is on the the lighter end, being a, a younger a VS. But what I do like about this is. You know, for its youth, which, you know, this could be compared to, you know, maybe a 10 or a 12 year scotch. Um, I think it's got a lot of flavor still. Yes, it does. Uh, which is really nice. And I think a lot of whiskey notes you get from this, which I also appreciate. Absolutely. It's pairing nicely with the cigar. I was going to say, I, I'm actually glad that what you just said about it feeling a little lighter, being yeah. maybe a little less viscous. It's, I think it was the right one for this cigar. It makes me think of other lighter bodied. I hate that combination of uh, words but that's the only thing i can think of here what other cigars would go with this i think of some of the bolivar cigars i think would be fantastic with this i agree i yeah. think a bellicosis finos would go really well with yeah. i agree yeah. yeah or the royal corona which yeah. i had last week at vacation yeah yeah i think the the um, you know thinking of lonsdales i think the partagas 898 would would go really well with this yeah. mm. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's too strong of a cigar for a pagoda <laughs> Yeah, this is kind of uh, so that weirdness that I was talking about has completely gone away. The um, good, it's a little like flat for me, like okay. a little bit one. There's like not enough there. The cigar, yeah, I don't disagree the with the fact that it's one dimensional, but I like that it's consistent. And the, for me, it's a, there's a, there's some enjoyment there. There's a lot of com, there's a lack of complexity for me so far. That's not yeah, I just think, doing I think much for me. You're tasting the freshness of this tobacco. Maybe I think, I think if this sits for a while, it'll change. Because I have an older box and I have that once in a while. Much different, much more uh, pronounced milk chocolate notes. Very smooth. You get that saltiness, but you kind of taste the fresh tobacco mm. in this. Yeah, it's a little fresh. Can we um, pass the bottle? <laughs> of course. Is that okay? <laughs> I'm spending all my energy sucking on this. What year is this? <laughs> what, what, what year is That's this for cigar? the next session later. 2019. It's a 19. It should smoke a little bit better than this, though. I hear what you're saying, Rooster. Yeah, I think, I think for three years. I hear years, what you're saying. It, it should, it, in other words... I, I mean, get just, that. I'm I mean, just, I've, we smoke enough yeah. aged cigars. I have enough, but it's, it's, it's not showing me the potential that you're talking about. Like, it's not showing me that that it's going to be like this really magnificent cigar in seven, eight years. Yeah, I mean, it tastes a bit of harsh harshness, of, you know, for lack of a better word for me. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a big difference in a, in an older box than a 2019. Sure, but it but they usually preview. I mean, in other words, yes, but it's not previewing for me like it's going to be. Yeah, they'll definitely get better with age. So here's a question. But it's not previewing like it's going to develop into something amazing. What Senator said earlier that he didn't have, he hasn't had uh, performance issues with Monty's, but he's had flavor inconsistencies. Yeah, with that the Monty too. Well, Monty's, I'm going to say. That could be happening right now. There could be some inconsistency in flavor. I've sure. had a lot of bad Monty twos. Yeah, I've had a bad I know. One. You've said that before. Yeah, we know. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I've had pretty bad, and I've bought a lot of them. We I remember. Mean, so, you yeah. know, I've had some pretty lackluster Monty twos. I, I, guess, I guess what I'm going to say about this is that what this cigar is and what my expectation of what it should be is 
I know where you're going. Built on the fact that I'm not expecting it to be something crazy. Like to me, the Monty Two is a step up from this for sure, no question. But I think anything's a step up from this. Oh, <laughs> this is not. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just... Dissension in the room. Hey, hey I mean, I'm listen. Just... That's no why we do this. For me, I've got no finish mm-hmm. on this. It's like nothing's happening. So I'm going to say this, something is very odd to me because I recently had one of these with my dad outdoors on my deck. Every cigar I would normally say smokes better indoors than it does outdoors. I have no explanation for how or why, but when we had this on the deck, each of us had a much different experience than what I'm even having right now. No, the humidity might have been very high. I'm saying Possible? it was better. Yeah, because no, it's probably more it humid. Better outside. Better it's outside. Probably, yeah, it probably works better because a part of me thinks a lot of resistance in this cigar, a lot of resistance, which is fine. Very densely packed, feels a bit heavy, um, you know, um, and I think uh, a little bit of humidity would really help a cigar like this, just to loosen it up a bit. I and, think, and I, maybe that's an explanation I why think, it's better. I think than the, the opposite would be true. Usually, that's, the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. what I would think. That's, that's why I'm saying it's hard for me to explain. It would, the humidity would make it even tighter. That's, tighter. that's now, right. Luckily, it was Wouldn't not. Wouldn't it make it a bit softer too? No, the tobacco expands as it gets wetter. Yeah, you yeah. don't want yeah. that. And that's where I was going this past weekend. If folks remember, it was not humid. It's like unusually cool even yeah, at night. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was beautiful out. And I just had a more sensory experience. I just remember even on the light, just the smoke, it smelled amazing. And um, we were able to smoke this all the way down without any harshness. So I'm not understanding how this all is right, happening. So let's go out on the deck. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, let's see how it develops. But it, uh, for me, I'm, I don't know. I'm not getting much. I'm not getting, like, on my palate, I'm not getting, it feels very flat, very muted, very muddled. Nothing stands out. The aroma from the smoke is it's awesome. It very, it's awesome. Yeah. Just bring it's it not in. offensive. It's no. just not anything. It's like balsa wood. Bringing it to your nose, though, <laughs> and letting that smoke come up, it's really quite delicious. Yeah. It's almost fruity and sweet. It is. Right? I, on the note, yeah, the aroma. Yeah, weird, I mean, right? It smells very amazing. nice. It's it, There's nothing offensive here. It's right. just, it's like, you remember those planes you'd buy when you were a kid? They're balsa planes. It's I like, used to love like those that. fucking things. I love the those rubber things. band and, you, oh, and yeah. you twist that and you I, send that thing flying. Terrorize my neighbors with those Sure. Things. Oh, yeah. You put wings on this thing in a rubber band, you got a balsa plane. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what? You no weren't idea. a hobbyist. I don't know. You don't remember balsa wood planes? What year are you talking about? With the rubber band. So pre-1984. And you'd create tension yes. and there was a little yes. hook. Oh, that's why. Pre-84, yeah. You let the rubber band go and the plane would go. It would soar. <laughs> I mean, we used to make our own paper planes. That's you know, I've, know. Never, I've never successfully made a paper plane. Oh, I got it, it. At, since the day you. I was born, I Plus cannot. Fitness. I cannot make a successful fly. Do you want on a paper t- plane? Do you want a tutorial? <laughs> I think like I need one. Folds. When you say you've never successfully made one, you mean you don't know how to make one, or you've never you've made one but you don't know how to get it to fly. Like I've made distance. one and it's never flown more than like fifteen feet. Like I see those guys that 15 go to like feet? fifteen feet. is pretty good. That's pretty good. Really I good. see the guys that go to like the sporting events. That's good. And they're at like the top row of a stadium and they throw <laughs> it and it like lands in the goal post on wow. the other side. 
that, that's that's a paper point. How that's, how deep are you, yeah? How deep are you in your YouTube vortex <laughs> algorithm? Like that, you, that, that I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, I, I've never seen a human throw a paper plane further than fifteen feet. I don't even know where you find this content. <laughs> You're yeah, saying it's professional. There's a professional. Can I can I say some other there's content? A paper, there's a paper plane league. Maybe it was humid. There, there, was it humid? <laughs> there is a league for everything. This all right. So Senator and I. I don't know how we just segued into this. I'm actually impressed, but Senator and I, I forgot about this till right now. Senator and I were sitting at the clubhouse, I guess, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Making paper planes? No, the secret origami, what would they call it? Origami. Origami, yeah. Yes. (laughs) We're sitting there, we're watching, what were we watching? Were we watching tennis or golf or something? Yeah, and then it had finished and there was some, like absolutely nothing on television. Nothing. Nothing. And I swear to you guys, on ESPN News, for like an hour and a half, was the worldwide tag championship. Oh, yeah, uh, that's great. I was there for that. You were there for yeah. that? I was there for that, yeah. Tag. It that's was great. Awful. Teams of men. Football? No. Tag. 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 Uh, teams? Oh, like tag, you're it. You mean oh. like teams of male virgins? <laughs> <laughs> you mean teams, stag? Like eight guys on a team. <laughs> virgins. Virgins. <laughs> running through a small arena with obstacles, trying to tag each other. Right. Right. I'm shocked that ESPN had a meeting and said, you know what, guys? You know what we're going to do to fill some content? We're going to buy the rights to the World Tag Championship. And people watch it. I mean, we sat there and watched it. The funniest part of the whole thing is they have, like, an official, like, commentator, announcer, whatever you want to call him, who's, like, hyping everyone up and... They have nickname. We're watching some guy's name was the Iceman. I mean, it was so comical. And then you look in the background, you expect that they're just in this arena by themselves. It's like a two-story stadium that is filled with people who presumably pay or choose to waste their time and go and watch this live. Well, it's I mean, you could make an argument based on, it, I mean, I think it would warrant an investigation that the people in the stands are either family or paid to be there, <laughs> one. Uh, two, I think the only reason why you're even watching this is from a voyeuristic perspective. I mean, it's almost like, why, you're not, I mean, you're looking at this with your mouth open probably going, what the actual fuck is going on. That's right. It, it was quite honestly like- because. It, it, there can't be people who actually are fans of this. Not only fans of this, dude. These people travel around the world. Yeah, that's the craziest part. It's a global sport. I mean, the fact that we're you watching know. the U.S. and the U.K. and other countries compete, it's absurd. It's shocking. Well, people, well, people and, play a frisbee. That's true. I'm just, well, it's yeah, true. frisbee, I mean, the ultimate... At least it's kind of cool. They throw one of those special discs to a target and they curve it around stuff. I mean, I guess I can kind of see how that's so you're talking somewhat about, interesting, although disturbing. You're talking to about do as a hobby. You're I talking mean, about disc golf. Yeah, I, I love mean, like disc golf. You, okay, it, love I'm disc not golf. totally shocked. You're <laughs> not. <laughs> um, but I'm telling you, Giz wakes up on every Saturday morning at five to play it. I do love get, oh disc God. golfing. I love it. <laughs> and you're officially the only friend I have that has ever said that. Yeah, I love it. I think if we did a lizard outing, I think you guys would love it because it's a nice four mile hike through the woods. I'm in. Professional, professionally designed 18 hole course. It costs absolutely nothing. It's well kept. It's fantastic. I, I am not going to do it. sacrifice my dignity. 
<laughs> to even be open-minded to such an absurd notion. Right? It's brunch time, but Bloody Mary. <laughs> Thanks, man. Exactly. I love you, Giz, but I'm joining these guys. For <laughs> Bam Bam's coming with me. I'm in with you. you know, it's fun, man. It's, it's, I'd, I'd rather keep my dignity and, <laughs> and move on. Um, I'm, I'm in for the hike. That's about it. Yeah, it's a good time. But anyway, back to the tag thing. Uh, it, it is stunning to me. I literally thought, you know, like in Dodgeball, the movie, like ESPN 8, The Ocho. I thought I was watching ESPN 8. Like ESPN 8. It sounds humiliating. It was pretty bad. And we, we couldn't stop watching it. We yeah. watched it for like two hours. No, the yeah. thing, it, it's so absurd that you have to see it. You, you actually, if you have not seen it, 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 it apparently is on Saturdays or Sundays. It was an afternoon whenever we yeah. were there on a weekend. It's just hysterical. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, people, you know, um, I mean, they do strange things. It's more, it, look, it's more entertaining than watching the Knicks. That's true. Well, Ooh. yeah, the, ba- the baseline for improvement Pagoda. is low. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, today I was reading that Nash may be out. That's the, the, there's rumors of that. Yeah. Is that true? And Katie to Knicks. Well, he ah. needs, doesn't he mean to need to use his timeouts better? Like do basic shit like that? Nash? I mean, I don't, I don't like Nash as a coach. I didn't even mm-hmm. like the hire from the start, so I would be perfectly fine. But I think the problem is that ownership likes him and that the players don't. But Knicks are doing really well in the summer league. By the way. You mean the Dolans? Oh, the summer league. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they'll be able to hold uh, a towel if they win the summer league. <laughs> hey, listen, you got to take what you get, right? So for the for the listener, by the way, let's clarify. We do we do have a uh, we have two camps in the room. We have Nets fans and we have Knicks fans. You know, and it's it gets a little contentious, especially with Pagoda, who's a <laughs> major fan of the James Dolan New York Knicks. And um, I'm a Longhorn, and Katie with a Longhorn, so I always. Hoped he'd come to the Knicks. Yeah, it's too bad that he said he never even entertained the thought of going to play for the New York Knicks. That's right. <laughs> Miami, that was on the list, I heard, huh? So how's the cigar do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit By about... By the way, Rooster, thank you for the cigar. I think um, this is doing uh, much better now. Good. I'm enjoying it, yeah. About halfway through here, boys, on the money one. What's everybody thinking right now? I'm enjoying it. I yeah. think... I think it picks up in flavor halfway through, and I like that. It does. It's very smooth, and the smoke is velvety. It's, it's not offensive. I mean, I'm liking it. You're not wrong. Yeah. It's picking up. It's a little woody and, uh, you know, earthy, mm-hmm. let's say. Yeah, if definitely more cedar now. And if you're looking yeah. for oomph, this is not the cigar, but this, this is, is not a the one. great early day cigar. To that's me, that's, that's no, why I like no it. No doubt. There's this no is doubt. my first. If I smoke this anywhere, just like tonight, it's the first cigar of the day. That's right it. after breakfast, fantastic cigar. You're yeah. going to get this on your next bed there, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I just, I really like this as the first stick. I agree. I think the afternoon is, or late morning is the perfect place for a cigar like this. I mean, when I mentioned I had this with my dad, it was in the af- middle of the afternoon on the deck. First cigar of the day it was perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, can, I guess I can and see I, that. I think this goes really well with coffee as well. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you need some flavoring. So the cognac without ice, um, a little. Oh, it's going to have a little bite. Yeah, there's yeah, bite there. Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of bite. And you're not getting the sweetness as you would with a chip of ice. Yeah, of yeah. any VS cognac, you should serve over ice. It even on the bottle actually recommends, and that's just standard practice with a VS. And Makes then sense. 
a VSOP is where you can have, you know, enjoy it neat and an XO, I would never put ice in. So does this brand make VSOP and XO? Do they all make the various grades of, of cognac? They do. And uh, it's just hard to find all of them. That's kind of the problem. So, I mean, for the big brands like Remy and Hennessy and Corvassia, you can find the whole line. But for, I, this is a big brand as well, but it's just not as mark, not marketed as well. And so um, they have their more accessible stuff available readily for their higher end stuff. You'd probably have to be in Europe to easily find it or, you know, find a special retailer that would be able to stock it for it you. It seems like we have to be in Europe for all the good things in life. <laughs> Cuban cigars, you know, wine, yeah, cognac, true. champagne. yeah. You know, Whiskey. One, you know, one thing I tried once years ago, a client of mine gave me some Italian brandy. I had no idea what it was. It was really delicious. Could be worth a slight dive into Italian brandies. I don't know much about them. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know much about them. Yeah. I mean, given our experience with tequila, with cognac, yeah. with some of the cigars that we thought that we wouldn't love, wine. I am down to wine. I, I certainly... You know, there's a lot of great wine out there. I, it's sure. just, oh, to yeah. me, it's so vast that I just don't know enough about it. But I would love to try some brandy yeah. with a cigar. Yeah, sure. You guys, something just crossed my mind. Do you guys know that feeling that you get when, like, I, I'm asking if you know. Of course you know this feeling. But the feeling that you get when you smoke a cigar, and, it, and even if it's just a good cigar, like a, 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 a good to very good cigar, you know, and it gives you that like punch where you're like, <sighs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. it gives you that therapeutic punch. Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? And you're like, okay. And you like settle into it and you're having this kind of um, like therapeutic response almost to it where it really hits you. And like with, with cigars that we really like, I feel like almost the room gets quiet for a second. Yep. You know what I mean? And this just, this, particular cigar isn't it's maybe just starting to do that now with a little bit more strength or something maybe but it's just not doing that for me like i feel like it's not like i'm fighting with it it's just not delivering like that present that i want that a cigar to me that's like in like i'm not going to score it now but that's like an eight or above yeah gives me do you know what i mean it's not giving me that and i don't know why but it's just not delivering that kind of pleasure zone. It's not triggering that pleasure zone in my, in my brain. Let me ask you do a you question about saying? this. I do, and I, I'm, I'm, I want to dive into that because I think about that a lot because sometimes I'll have, let's say, a cigar that I have a lot, like, like a Padron Exclusivo or um, a BBF or a Monty 2 or whatever it may be. I find that, and I'm curious what your answer to this is, but I find that it's not only a combo of the cigar and the environment, if I'm by myself or I'm with others, we're smoking the same thing or not, the vibe, but also just kind of where my energy is coming from my day, going into the day. It's a great conversation. I have some comments on that. Like, yeah. what is the formula for you? Personally? Yes, that you have found that helps you achieve that. So for me, and this isn't for everybody, because I've actually spoke to Senator about this multiple times. I've spoke to, I think I've spoke to you the most oh, yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, for me, like when I'm really stressed out, yeah. like if 
you know, we all get there, you know, whether it's about work or life or whatever. When, you know, you yeah, have yeah, one yeah. of those days, sometimes like to me, a cigar, I have to be in the month to enjoy a cigar, and I'm in that mindset now, ready to enjoy. Um, but for me, when I'm stressed out, it's kind of hard to get in the mindset for me to unwind enough to actually let let the cigar present itself for me, for me to take my time with it, and for me to be in that kind of a meditative mindset where I can sit and just enjoy a cigar, listen to music, have a drink by myself, yeah, you know, and smoke it. Um, almost like that feeling where you'd have like, you know what, I don't really want to go out tonight because I'm just, I had such a rough day. It's that kind of a day. Um, but I, to me, cigar, now other people feel differently in this room and everybody's Absolutely. different yeah. where they're like, if I had a stressful day, I really need to have a cigar to unwind. Yeah. Correct. I fall somewhere in the middle there. Like if I have a medium stressful day, a cigar to unwind is great. But if I have a super stressful day or something, that's not what I'm looking for. Because I can't just get in that meditate. For me to get to the meditative state where I can actually accept the delivery of it and like be into it, yeah. I'm too preoccupied to even enjoy it. It doesn't take me out now. So I don't know where I'm going, but I guess what I'm saying is is that everybody's different, and that and that um, when you're in the mindset, when I'm like in the best of circumstances, for me where I'm like, I want to really have a cigar in optimal circumstances mentally. This still, this isn't giving me that, yeah. that delivery where it's like, oh my God, like this is really so nice. Do you know what I mean? It's not sure. doing that. Sure. I, I feel exactly opposite. In fact, uh, me and my friends, when we started smoking cigars and we'd get together, we'd call it our therapy sessions. And the reason was we'd go to bars and we'd in loud, you know, uh, environments, barely having a conversation, and your conversations are very different. You have a stressful day, you hang out with a couple of buddies, you're hanging out, smoking a cigar, and maybe the first cigar doesn't deliver, but by the way, you would get to the second cigar, you'd be in such a relaxed state. And that's what really drove us to cigars. And for us, it was called a therapy session. In fact, we still call it our therapy sessions. And if we were to open up a cigar lounge, we'd call it a therapy session. Um, it's it's you're right everyone feels differently about cigars and for for me um uh every time i have a stressful day i want to go sit down you know be in my solitude have my cigar have a cup of coffee or a drink and just chill and you know within a couple of cigars i'm really good to go and then i'm back to you know being you know the husband uh or the citizen of uh you know um in the community, but uh, uh, the cigars really helped me unwind because it gives me that hour, hour and a half, yeah. two hours of just being in the quiet zone, in the solitude. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm uh, somewhere uh, in the middle. I mean, closer to Pagoda in that I think for me, cigars are like my version of therapy, but um, I can relate also to what Poop is saying in the sense that I think the best smokes are always celebratory smokes. Yes. When you're on Absolutely. vacation, when right. you have a great day, you know, at work, you know, whatever the case may be, nothing beats the feeling of being in a good mood and a cigar just putting you on cloud nine. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Nothing That's, beats that. Nothing beats that. But you're right. I mean, like, yeah, I fall a little bit more into the middle of the, like a cigar is not going it, to, it's a spectrum thing. I mean, you know, it's degrees. 
So it's not going to bring me out of it. I'm not reaching for it when I'm really like, ah, you know, if because of something. But if I'm in the middle and I'm with people, yeah, it's yeah, going to help that's, me. And that's if where I'm like, alone, no. I can relate on both sides because I where I am more like Pagoda, though, when it is on the far other end of the spectrum, if I'm having my worst of days. I mean, my wife will just have to look at me to know I've not had a good day. And she'll say, do you want to go? Are you going to go to the lounge? Go to like, the maybe club. just have a cigar. And I'll just sit down, even yeah. if no one is around me. If I'm just by myself and I light up a cigar that I enjoy, it just it brings can bring me you back up. It can bring you up. Like, yep. I, everything's yep. fine. I can think with more clarity. I mean, there are times I'm just wrestling with a really tough work-related decision and I can just have a cigar and all of a sudden I feel like I have perfect clarity. It's like, I can't even explain it. So I'm I both, uh, I can relate to both sides there. Uh, but all that's to say, I clearly, uh, I, and many of us could not live without cigars. No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Absolutely. So honestly, for me, the meditative state that Puba mentioned is important here. I reach for a certain cigar because not every cigar is going to get me to that meditative state that I'm pursuing. That's interesting. No doubt about it. Like, I'm not going to reach for, you know, a, a lighter bodied cigar. I need something that's going to, that's interesting, that captures me the moment I light it. An exclusivo, I'm going to cloud heaven with that yeah. cigar. If that, so I reach for when I need it, I go for the specific cigar. And I've got a short list on my mind that I really love. Got to have that on, on a tough day. And it gets me right there. Interesting. So, yeah, and it allows me to kind of put my day aside. And I've only recently learned how to do that. It's not easy. I think for me, the only difference maker as far as my ability to de-stress, let's say, with a cigar or get to that state, is if I've had a very stressful day, um, sometimes I just like to smoke by myself. Those are my favorite moments. You know, Some and, of my favorite moments. And, and it, it's always balanced with, you know, we do this a couple nights a week. We smoke by ourselves a couple nights a week. When I'm really super stressed, unless we have an appointment like this, like we're going to do a pod, like I know that when I'm driving here, it's like I'm, I'm no this matter. For me, this for me is an event. Me, yeah, I love I it. I look forward to this. Absolutely. And what I'm saying, what I mean by that is on my way here, I'm trying to prepare my mind to get to the place that, that we need to do the, you know, we're going to do the pod. You know, Rooster you know? inside is laughing because he's always in his I know. He's, state. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to hear what he has to say. But the, really the difference for me only is smoking with folks. Yeah. Or smoking by myself. Yeah. I just want to say one thing. Uh, you know, the other day, uh, Rooster and I were hanging out with uh, now a, a friend of ours, we'd call it, and we were exhausted. We were, we had spent the whole day golfing and we went for a very long dinner. And we were just exhausted. It was past uh, our buddy's uh, bedtime as well. But when Rooster pulled out the 898, a 2002898. Thank you, by the way. Really appreciate it. It just woke us all up. We were fully energized. Yeah. So what a cigar, a really good cigar can do for you is just liven your mood up. And it's like a second wind. And it was great because it just changed the whole conversation. Everybody was energized. And uh, it's interesting how cigars can really just, um, you know, really influence your mood. That's yeah, wonderful. It was, that's it was wonderful. a great day. That goes it's back wonderful. to what Puba said earlier. This, for him, this isn't getting him there, right? It's a good cigar, very tasty for him, but it's not giving him that body that elevates it. And that, you know, that's fair. And the complexity. I, I would argue that he chases complexity in a cigar. Yeah. So I think Whether that, it's, it's full or not, yeah. I'm speaking for you, but he chases a, a really sure. interesting, complex cigar. And from the point of view of the listener, as they smoke more and more cigars, they're going to find the ones that they really love. 
like I have my short list, as I mentioned, that I have to have when I have a terrible day. What are they? You're going to find those. Um, the BBF. Okay. D4. Millennium. Uh, the Millennium, for sure. The Exclusivo. Um, QD, won't, won't, that's not sufficient for a tough day for me. Um, the uh, Upman 2, 100%. Yeah. No doubt about it. But boy, oh boy, when you think about a Davidoff Millennium. Bro? Dude, like, Bro. like in just... Not that I'm about to compare that to this, but like what that delivers, yeah. In terms of like this, oh, yeah. Boy, oh boy, it's a nice cigar. Because yeah. you, you know, you know what you're time. going to get you know, out you know, of that, and it's, you know, so, it's like consistent, so consistent. Just it's like so consistent, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Yes, but, just like the Exclusivo, you know what you're going to get. But it, besides knowing what you're going to get, I could smoke this again and kind of, kind of know what I'm going to get. Right. But what I'm getting, what you're getting with the Davidoff Millennium is really, really good. Yeah, the, the like only, that's the thing. The yeah. only thing, though, I think Bam brings up a very important point because this has got me thinking now. There really is something to be said about when you're in those moments that you you need to pick me up. You've had a long day. You're you know tired. Need to pick me up in the way that Pagoda mentioned. You reach for a cigar that you know exactly what you're going to get. And even though we're smoking this cigar, sure, we think we know what we're going to get in the next one. But I would even say, as much as I love the D4. I can't say that every single D4 I pick up from every single box is going Absolutely. to be the same. They're That's not. True. Absolutely. They're a little different. Some are going to be a little sweeter. Some are going to be a little spicier. Yeah. Some are going to have a little more baking spice. Like there's all these, it's kind of a, I know I like all the variations of it, which is why I love the D4, but it got me thinking. I mean, I really, when I'm in a tough moment and I just need a cigar to just relax and unwind, I do find myself reaching a for exclusive for mm-hmm. a padrone either an exclusivo an oh, yeah. 80th, 80th. 80th um, yeah. or oh, yeah. you know a millennium because those are cigars that I, they're every familiar single, friend it's not even every single box every single time it's the same, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. i mean truly there's not much variation where even with a d4 as much as that's one of my favorite cigars of all time there is variation where i'm not exactly certain from that particular box unless i've smoked it before what I'm going to get. So, that's so, a, so what I he just said is point. interesting. Unless I smoked it before, if you find a box of D4s, like one we, you and I ordered a while ago, I still have that. Yeah. They are, all smoke incredibly good, really rich and robust. I'm holding on to those. Yeah. Because those, for those moments, that hits the fucking spot. I, I do the same thing, man. It hits the spot. Yep. And that's, you know, listen, that's part of the journey, right? I mean, even a cigar you guys have mentioned, a couple of you guys have mentioned the Exclusivo. I've had... They're all great, but I've had those exclusivos that for whatever reason, is it the cigar? Is it my mindset at the time? Is it the group I'm with? Are we laughing a lot? Are we having a great discussion like this? That there's like that extra 1% or extra 5% that that exclusivo out of the same box that I've been smoking is like a holy shit moment. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, so, even so, with oh, the yeah, same yeah, cigar. Yeah. Sometimes you kind of want to go back into your tower, like revisit some of the smokes. Like, you might not have had it for a while. Like, I had a, I think it was the Upman uh, 54 or even the 50 or the Kanye. Yeah. I mean, I, I used, the Kanye's were like, they didn't do it for me in the beginning. And Puba used to love the Kanye's. I, I love, still do. I love and that he still cigar. does. I still and do. so I, I, I went back, like, after, like, months of not smoking that cigar. I went back, had a Kanye, and it was an afternoon. It blew me away. It was so good. I don't know, because it sat for a while. It kind of changed it, made it more complex and balanced and uh, really good. And yeah. then the Upman 50 and the 54. Yeah, 54. Delicious, delicious, oh, delicious cigars. Yeah. Yeah, as the, the, you know, as these cigars sit in our tower for, for years, 
they they do change. Like I had a Vigia the other day. I've got some 2018 Vigia. I was okay with that cigar when I like first got it, but like I haven't touched touched that box in a couple of years. Did you and have I, one? And you I had one recently. And I had one recently, and it was really good. Wow. Like yeah. I mean, it still wasn't. I wasn't like it was way better than I remember it, but it it's still to me only just pretty just very good not great um but again it, it changed one last I, thing if you don't mind also the dimension of the cigar matters i totally agree yeah like that last week i had the hdc the hoyo double, double corona, corona. Yeah, yeah that's a that was a two-hour cigar i was alone at night looking at the lake i my mind just completely drifted and it, and it allowed my mind to drift because of the time needed to smoke that cigar so that, that matters as well, depending yeah. on the yeah. situation. I think to your point, the ring gauge does, uh, there are certain ring gauges that are more appropriate for certain occasions. For <laughs> me personally, probably everyone doesn't subscribe to this, but you all have heard me several times, if I've had a really rough day, say, I just want to drown myself in clouds of just smoke. I want to be a chimney. Yes. I just want to be a chimney. I've said it <laughs> a thousand times. And I will reach, for, that's when you'll see me pull like a Partagas E2, a 54 ring gauge stick that's just plumes of smoke everywhere. And it just puts me in that kind of meditative state where I'm not thinking about anything else right. that's pissing me off that day except that cigar. Yeah. Um, and the same way that sometimes for a, a really celebratory occasion, and I, I remember once uh, our former lounge, um, I had a really great day at work. I landed a big client and I wanted a really big cigar that just put out a ton of smoke. And I had gotten a Davidoff Piquant for the first time. And it was That's a, a good six, cigar. It's a great cigar. I've never had that. It was, uh, they didn't have the Robusto. They just had this 60 ring gauge. And I lit that thing up. Oh, I was so happy. Wow. I would never, I don't have a single 60 ring gauge smoke in my humidor. But for that one occasion, when I just wanted a big cigar in my hand and clouds of smoke to just celebrate a really, you know, a nice moment for, for myself, it was perfect. So I, I like your point, Bam. I, I do agree that, you know, depending on the situation, the ring gauge really... Yeah, and when and when you're smoking a Lonsdale like this, back to this cigar, t to me, like my expectation with a good Lonsdale is this, like, I just maybe, I mean, this bar is setting it too high, but like a Classicos or an eight nine eight, yep. this elegant, it's like this, it, the wrappers delivering this and the binder delivering this kind of pointed flavor. It's you know, I my expectation it. it the size is like there's a disconnect, but the elegance of the size and the, how it feels in the hand, and when you light it, and then what this delivers for me falls short for me, you know, in terms of the length of the commitment, because it's not a, it takes a second. You can't just blast through this thing. It takes a second to get through, um, and there's time in between draws. The, the finish, so the finish on this is abrupt enough where it's not hanging around on my palate long enough for me to really be like in between draws for me to really be enjoying it you feel me yeah. totally yeah i think yeah. also to your point i mean smaller ring gauge cigars for me uh, maybe folks agree or disagree I, I think the draw is usually a, just a little bit more resistant and so it forces me to smoke it slower yeah right. than it does a larger ring gauge cigar that's got obviously a lot more surface area to just you know blow smoke you know through that of course true. True. so i think in those moments where i just want to take my time and savor a cigar i'm not you know, I've had a long day and I just want to puff away and just be a chimney. 
but I just really want to enjoy and appreciate a cigar slowly, that's when I reach for a Lonsdale or a smaller ring gauge cigar that I'm just ready to be taken on that journey. Right. But that journey for me to get there, the finish needs to be just much longer for, you know what I mean? Where it's like hanging around and hanging around in between draws, because to your point, you got to take your time a little slow bit. down. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a time and a place for all different sizes of it's sticks. So true. And that's why every single cigar manufacturer makes different sizes. You know, for different moods, different times of the day. If it's the winter time, you might want just like a quick 20-minute smoke. Yep. And I really, I mean, I love the small ring gauges and the small sizes. I, that's typically a morning smoke for me. Yeah. You know, I love the Trinidad, like the Reyes, half Coronas, the Ramon, the uh, the small one. Uh, yeah, small, corona? Small club, club corona. Yeah, yeah. sure. Delicious, but delicious. those cigars you mentioned have so, so much, much flavor. more flavor. So yeah. much flavor. Oh, <laughs> the, they're yeah. packing. Yeah. So, they're punching yeah. so far above their weight class. The you know, even, colonialis as well. Even yeah. even the uh, the Monte Cristo Media Coronas, mm. delicious cigars. I mean, in yeah. that size, awesome. Yeah, and Mon when I think of Monte Cristo, I think of that like chocolate bomb. Those some of those dessert flavors that you get through from a typical Monty, and this this particular cigar just isn't delivering in yeah. that, that fashion for me. You know, I want to I want to tie two things together here really fast because I think it's interesting. You mentioned about uh, seeing the potential in a cigar or tasting the potential. Yeah, right? sure. And also going to what a couple of you guys have said about you know when when you have a cigar that's not great, you leave it in your humidor for a little while, you come back to it. It is interesting how, A, in a lot of cigars that are young, you can taste the potential saying, oh, in two years, five years, six months even, this is going to be way better. And in moments like this, it is interesting that some cigars just don't age, even like their peers, same size, same Vitola, no, et cetera. It, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting journey um, as far as aging cigars goes. I agree. The only thing, though, I would say to the listener is I think that more times than not, this is Absolutely. not foolproof, but more times than not, when you encounter a cigar that you don't enjoy, yep. I've been in this boat so many times where I've been so frustrated with a cigar, I just, I've considered just throwing it out. I don't even want it in my humidor. I'm sitting there saying this is <laughs> not at all enjoyable. Maybe at best it gets somewhat enjoyable, but it's still not going to be a great cigar. And the reason I say this, I remember some random kind of yard everyday cigar I had bought years ago. I hated. And I thought about throwing them out. And then I said, screw it. I'm just going to leave them in this extra humidor I had. I left it there for years. All of a sudden, years later, just as a joke, I thought it'd be funny. I said, let me just try and see what this possibly tastes like. Out of all of a sudden, it was probably three years later, that cigar was creamy and sweet and delicious. And I could not believe how different it was from my first experience. So I just say it's not, it's not perfect. It's not foolproof, but more times than not. And in fact, I'd say most times, if you just tuck something away for years and revisit it, you could be very pleasant. You surprised. could be, you, yeah. there's no, no doubt about it. I mean, that's, there's no doubt about that. I think nine times out of 10, time is absolutely going to benefit a Cuban yeah, cigar. Time is on yeah, your but side. But it's just yeah. relative. I mean, exactly. it's not like time is going to help something that starts in a certain place isn't, isn't, that, isn't all that great and make it into something spectacular. It may become something significantly better than what it started at. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's going to become world class just because you throw, just because it ages up. I mean, I just don't believe that. 
I mean, yeah. or just every single box of aged anything is becomes just the greatest thing of all time. And that's just totally it's relative. I mean, um, for me, this isn't previewing like um, something that would set up later that great. But, you know, who knows? What the hell do I know? Yeah. I mean. So before yeah. we rate the uh, Cognac boys, we're into the last third here of the Monty One. What are you guys thinking right now? I'm ahead of all of you, I think. I, at this point, it's really flavorful. Uh, it's quite nice. A very good smoke at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- I, th- I think I can understand that. Are you torn or are you worn? <laughs> I'm not worn. I'm torn. I'm, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's not, it's not doing, doing it for me. Because mm. I've had a better Monty number one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. This is not not cutting. Here's it a to, question. Not now, cutting it tonight. We've had some cigars that had muddled flavor profiles. I don't think this is one of those. Yeah, it's not muddled. I just right? I just think I, I, I just get a lot of like fresh fresh tobacco. Like it's maybe not, it is just too fresh, but it's maybe. 2019. I know. I mean, it's, I, that's I, doesn't seem. It should like preview better. Yeah. I mean, I've had a Monty one that was like just a chocolate bomb, like Puba said earlier. I mean, it was just right. delicious, right? So I don't know. This one's—it's getting a little bitter now at the end. I'm getting a little bitter really? taste in the in the front of my tongue. Um, mm. Not getting any chocolate that I usually get out of the Monty Number Ones and even the Monty Number Threes. So it's okay. It's I, not great. I mean, uh, I don't hate it, but it's not a—it's not a great stick. So I, far. I mean, hearing this discussion, it, it just reinforces, unfortunately for me, how I have felt about Monty. In that I have, I've not had consist, I've not had consistency issues with construction, but I have with flavor, and I say that because out of the same box, some of these that I've had have been really enjoyable, and some of them that I've had have been like you're describing, a bit flat and not all that interesting, and some I, I, I just think there's a consistency issue here where I have actually have had some of these that I say, yeah. this is good. I mean, Giz gave me the first one I had ever tried and I liked it enough to source some through him. Mm-hmm. And then of what I source, some of them I enjoyed and some of them I've said, this is just okay. So it's just some odd consistency. Yeah, I think issue. we may be going that, through that in this room, right? <clears throat> a few of us are tasting something different. And, I, and out of six of these sticks, two are pretty badly plugged. One was extremely plugged. I mean, Pagoda couldn't even smoke the first one. Yeah. And I, I tried will it say yours was pretty plugged. <laughs> and I will say, as I've gotten further along with this, it, it's very, the, the draw is very tough. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to be able to smoke this all the way to the end. It's just oh, too wow. much. It's, There's it, no smoke in this bloody robe. It's kind of, <laughs> I mean, this narrative that we're, that's manifesting in this conversation is kind of, the Monte Cristo narrative that we've had uh, anecdotally yeah. over time. <laughs> no, I mean, here and there, you know, I'm talking just anecdotally comments. It's kind of manifesting, right? Like we're, we're like, eh, you know, some are good. Some well, aren't that good. Some have blown me away. Some haven't. I've had, cons- the, 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 you know, you're just, eh. well, if you remember, it, it's the thing. I think it's it was, or, I don't know if it was episode three or episode four. We did the 1935 uh, linea, the Dumas, and we had a majorly long discussion about exactly this. Yes, that's true. Yeah, we did, <laughs> didn't we? And but those cigars were great. They were. They were. Incredible. But the point was that why does it cost 
this much money to get a great, uh, great Monte Cristo. That was the whole gist of, of the convo. Right. And I think the maybe what I'm... Was it the Maltese or the Dumas? It was the Leyenda, I believe. No, yeah, no, no, no. We did no. the Dumas. We did the Dumas. The middle size. It was the Maltese. Maltese. Maybe it's the Maltese. It was my the box. Yeah. box. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, was it was Puba's box. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember we had that discussion. And then, uh, you know, that's going on almost a year now. Yeah. Or, you know, eight months, nine months. And certainly I have been an evangelist with the young Monty twos that I've had. Me too. And we had a nice experience with that. We've been smoking some of those. And they've been great. But yep. that is seeming to me to be an outlier. Yeah. As but, opposed to the current story, right. it's an outlier. But like, there's, I've smoked Monty twos where I've, no joke, been like, this is absolutely so good. Like, so good fits the bill. Yeah, and the I've ni- smoked 1970s some. 1970s Monty twos are fucking awesome. 1970s. <laughs> Look at this guy over here. <laughs> I know. Uh, where, but and then I've smoked some that have just been absolute train wrecks. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's just that's that narrative that that sometimes it's the it's the it's the biggest most highly distributed I think. Yeah. You know, marker in the catalog to a certain degree. So as, as we refill our glasses again. Um, the other thing too yeah. that I, I want to tell the listener, if you go back to that episode, we did a pretty you did a pretty deep dive on Monte Cristo. Uh, of the brand history and whatnot, right? Um, so that's something to uh, to review as well if you're interested in Monte Cristo. And that cigar was was very very good, rated very high. Oh, look at Garcon! Thank you. <laughs> Garcon is giving us all oh, some ice. Garcon, you're so look. Well, he see, does have his. You know, on. Senator, <laughs> he's a handsome guy too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's you know. It's not all just substance. I think he looks better when he serves us, though. Uh, I like him in shorts, actually, too. (laughs) He has good ankles. (laughs) Good calves. He's got good. He's got very pronounced. He's got decent calves. Very pronounced. (laughs) No one has calves like Dan. That's why I wear jeans. They're tree trunks. I got to keep them out of sight, you know. This bottle is very cool. Of this, uh, how do you pronounce that, uh, Senator? Crozet. Croise. Croise. I'm not the French. French. They don't pronounce the. the That's t- right, the T. Is I didn't do well in French. Pass that around. I didn't do well in French. Oh, yeah. Very nice. I think it's pretty tasty. It is tasty. It is a good looking bottle. Yeah. It's it a very handsome bottle. Yeah. Like Senator. Very unique. <laughs> handsome. <laughs> pass, it, pass it back the other way. We're playing past that bottle, ladies and gentlemen. It's going back down. There he goes. And Senator's observing something. He's looking at the label. He's looking closely. <laughs> I love this commentary. And now he's, Ooh, just, he's you, putting it back play down. Play by play. You, you have a, a future career in play by play. <laughs> <laughs> I think the tag, the tag championship people may be hiring. I think John Sterling sure. is about to retire sure. from the radio broadcast. Yeah, you sure. may be the next Yankees radio <laughs> broadcaster. Right. Yeah, nice man. Runs up the sideline. <laughs> Straight from his mother's basement. He's 36. <laughs> Hasn't had a girlfriend since the third grade. <laughs> Valentine's Day, 1984. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, boys, you guys ready to do the uh, formal liquor rating on this uh, cognac tonight? Yeah. Definitely. All right. Bam, bam, you're up. I'm giving it an eight. Okay. I think it's enjoyable. Pagoda. Uh, seven. Senator. Eight. I would definitely drink it again. 
Same here. I think it's an eight. Yeah. Uh, price for value for what it is, what it stands for. Eight. It's an eight. It's an eight. Pagoda. Composite Lizard score, boys, is a 7.8. Definitely a recommend. And at that price, I think yeah, price if you good. haven't had a cognac or haven't tried one, when we've tried one, this is a great one to start with. Because I think you can't take price out of the equation, right? I mean, 100%. Totally. It's with these spirits. You totally. just can't do What they're it's able awesome. to produce at that price point, under 40 I mean, at most, you're going to pay 40 bucks for that bottle. Yeah. I think speaks volume. It's yeah. amazing. It's, it's not amazing. It's not a rack, as 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 a grinder would say. It's not a rack and stack rating, <laughs> whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How would you rack and stack those? What's up, grinder? <laughs> Peace. Uh, but but you know what I mean. You wouldn't. I, I think you got to take price into consideration. There's value there. It tastes good. Absolutely. And yeah. the other thing I'll say, I think you know sometimes <clears throat> as we're trying different spirits, it's hard to find something at an accessible price point that you would recommend to get someone in the fold, right? Someone who doesn't want to commit $80 for a bottle just to try something for the first time. And I think it's really nice that someone can get this affordably, give it a shot. And if they're into cognac, I think this will just take you right up that ladder. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Actually, you know, uh, considering the price point, it should be an eight. I'm um, reconsidering. Too late. Too, too late. late. Too late. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's one of those things, right? Like, will I go to a liquor store and pick this up for 40 bucks? Or just pay a little more and get something I really like? I always debate that. And um, yeah, but this is not that bad, actually, for the price point yeah. at the cognac. All right, guys, we're coming to the end here of the Monte Cristo number one. For some of us. So. You guys ready to give this the uh, formal lizard rating? Thank God. <laughs> you, you didn't you didn't let me set that up i was going to use the uh you know the people's court oh yeah the people are real the cases are real the, the lizard rule. the lizard ratings are final <laughs> that's what i was gonna <laughs> sorry to jump in there I have watched so much People's Court in my life. <laughs> yeah, man, me and you too, bro. I've I, watched my, so I, much. I, dude, I watched it when it was the original judge. Yeah. Oh, Wapner. Wapner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. And yeah. then and then Jerry Scheindlin, who's Judge Judy's husband, was on it. Sure. And then there was somebody else, I think. Oh, and then, it was, there the, was a uh, woman. No, that's, lady. That's, that's current. She's the one on there now. No, there was a woman on, I think, before her. No, the woman that's on there now has been there for Judge Marilyn Min Mignon. Yeah, or whatever yeah. yeah. she's yeah. been there forever. Oh, she's still there. I think she's yeah. still wow. there. Yeah, that's a long she, run. You know, she's still there. I mean, I'm an ex. I'm an expert in landlord tenant law. <laughs> <laughs> across, by the way, across states and jurisdictions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, well versed. Yeah, like California, very different than like Minnesota landlord tenant law. I mean, California, I mean, you just walk into somebody's house and drop a suitcase, <laughs> you're yes. a tenant. <laughs> you know what I find interesting about that you, show, they, they, too? Could, they could not leave for six months. You have no idea what to do. Someone just walks in your house and walks in the bedroom. It's like, oh, I live here now. You're they've like, oh, fuck. They've established domicile. <laughs> yeah. they, they can change the locks. All of a sudden, it's not your house anymore. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's called, squ it's called yeah. squatter's rights. Yeah, you can't even <laughs> let, like, a friend sleep over. Like, like, you know, next thing you know, they just... That's it. They're on the deed. Put up a couple pairs of underwear in the drawer, mm -hmm. drop some shampoo in the in the shower. That's it. 
You know what I love about that show too? Harvey Lavin is like the TMZ god. Like he's like a kajillionaire. He owns TMZ. Uh, and he still stands out on the street asking people what they think of the case. On the people's court. It's incredible to me. Oh, it pays for mm-hmm. like, it pays name? for the gas. Harvey, Harvey Levin. Harvey, Harvey Levin. It pays for the gas. He owns TMZ. Does he still do it? Yes. No. Yeah, I swear I swear to God. Wow. Is that show still on? I think so. I'm not sure, but I think it is. Huh. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's rate the Monte Cristo number one. Rooster, you're up. It's a six. Pooba. It's a six. I'm going to give it a seven for sure. I'm going to give it a seven because I've actually had very enjoyable experiences with this. It's a five for me. And, you know, possibly if um, the cigar was a great smoke for me, it might have been different. Uh, but based on the cigars I've smoked, it is definitely a five. Bam, bam. I'm giving it a seven because I happen to like my cigar tonight. Composite Lizard score, boys, is a 6.3. Okay. Not great. No. Not great. No, but I, I like, as a summary, I think what Puba said earlier, I mean, this is the story of, of Monty for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You get a kind of a mixed bag. Some are great and some just are not. Yep. And, you know, if, if you're spending 13, 14 bucks a sec, there's so many other sex that you could just opt for. Uh, you know, uh, I was looking online and there was showing like six, seven bucks for the pricing. I think at that price, it's probably definitely worth it. Uh, maybe a couple of bucks more, but... If you're spending 13, 14 bucks in the stack, uh, there are better alternatives. So I just wanted to say quickly that the Monte Cristo 1935 Linea Maltese, which we did episode four, was an 8.9. And the Monte Cristo number two, which we did episode number 28, was an 8.4. So can I also throw out a theory? Go ahead. So we, we've all discussed how we've had issues with the Monte 2, right? Some great, some not. And then all of a sudden, this recent crop, recent year, as in like 21, is that what it was, your box? 20? Nine, these were 19s. No, no, no. The money, too. Oh, excuse me. 21s, yeah. 21. All of a sudden, and you sung its praises. I was skeptical. I tried it. Everyone in this room did. We loved it. We were shocked how good. The Maltus we did, that was definitely 2020. That wasn't older than that. I, I think it was a 20. think so. It had to have been probably 20. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost have this strange theory. I'm just curious to test this a little bit more as we smoke more Montes that maybe since 2020, the, the consistency's gotten a little bit better because it's a little odd to me. This is a 2019. If I'm thinking back to when I had problems with Monte 2s, it was really pre-2020 that I had some unfortunate experiences. So I wonder if the younger stuff is actually more consistent and you know we may want to hold an age as opposed to some of the stuff before that. You know, honestly, Gizmo and I have had great experiences with every young Monty, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the Petit Edmundos that I have that are young, too. Okay. Uh, we're smoking really good. Yeah. So. So. Could be. All right, boys. A 7.8 for the Cognac tonight and a 6.3 for the Monte Cristo number one. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Keep smoking. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, loungelizardspod, P-O-D, that's loungelizardspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.